on? It's Tamar Turner, and I want to welcome everybody back to yet again another episode of the Down to Business podcast. And always do really appreciate the love, everybody for tuning in, everybody who promotes, everybody who word of mouth, and everybody who's sent somebody my way, whatever. I've really been able to make a lot of connections as a result of this podcast, one of whom I'm sitting down with today, Dom. He was actually somebody who, in the midst of me, like I told you guys in a previous episode, me just kind of posting, wanting to reach out to other businesses, wanting to find just dope individuals, whether it be in different states, different countries, however it happens. But he was one of the people whose business I came across via my personal page. And he actually followed me and the podcast page. We ended up reaching out to each other, connected. Some things in between happened, but yet here we are today. So definitely glad to be sitting down with him today. So Dom, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing well today. I can't complain. Good, good. That's always good to hear. So for everybody out there who may or may not know you for the listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what brought you on the podcast today? So my name is Dominic Wachey. I'm an entrepreneur. That's what brought me on a podcast today. A little bit about myself. I'm from Philly, born and raised. I went to Temple University. I studied marketing and I minored in entrepreneurship. I got my undergrad degree from there and um, I worked for a bit in corporate America and I found that I just wanted to work for myself and put more time into the creative gifts that God gave me that I didn't make room for before. I wanted to take some time in my life to to really hone in on that. I found tomorrow rather I um bumped into him. Um I know you said that you reached out reached out to me on um Instagram, but that was like the second connection. The first connection was when you worked at Target. So you worked at Target in Philly before you moved and um I was in there with my girl and I was in the electronics section. I don't know what I was getting. I was getting something. That day was a bad day. I remember that that day was a bad day and you were telling me about the podcast and honestly I didn't even want to talk to you because around that time my mom passed away like during that time so I didn't even want to talk to anybody my day was just terrible but something told me just just to speak to you and um and I did and after that my day actually did turn around and I felt like I wanted to help and contribute to you and to help others through my story and through the gifts that God gave me. So that's that's how that happened. Actually brought back some memories for me too. First and foremost, do want to extend my condolences to you, your family, and everybody. As somebody who can relate to that, who also lost their mother, I definitely do know how that feels. And I know that that was something that we, we talked about. And I remember that uh, when y'all were buying something, something that I noticed about you, y'all had the mask on. Uh, with yeah, his mask yeah. on. And that's when I was and that's when I was saying, oh, we started talking about the podcast, all of that. Yes. And then eventually we did reconnect on Instagram. OK, so and I that's when I was able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's when I was able to um, see that you are currently running uh, diversity. So can you just tell us about Diversity Hair Network, how you came to start that and what you're doing right now? So how I came to start it, it was it was a journey. So the first part of that journey took place at Temple University, the business it is now it wasn't what I envisioned at first. So it was a lot of customer discovery that I did that got me to where I am today. And I started it just by reaching out to customers to try to figure out what their pain points were. So I did a survey at Temple University. I did it on foot during, I forgot what day they call it, but it's like when all of the freshmen come on the campus. I think it's like welcome there or something like that, but all of the businesses around and all the organizations that's in the, um, or most of the organizations that's um at Temple are out there and they have tables in there like vending stuff and letting people know about Temple. So I was there as well. Me and my cousin was out there and I did some surveys to figure out what people wanted in a salon or a barbershop because that's what I wanted to do at the time. I wanted to 
create a multicultural salon because I found that none of that stuff existed. No multicultural salon existed in Philly, or I didn't find that they existed anywhere else. So after I did that survey, I got about probably about like two to 300 um, responses within two days. So on average, about a, a buck 50 a day, just on foot. And I looked at that data and I saw that people couldn't find barbers or stylists. So I wanted to help them find barbers and stylists. So that was the next phase of my business that I wanted diversity to be at that time. And um, after doing some research, I found that it was going to take a lot of investment, which really slowed me down because I wanted to create an app. And the quotes I got were like 50000 and 30000 and I didn't have that money to put down. And it was hard to find that money. I tried saving and like things just didn't work. So I tried, I, I just went back to the drawing board, what we call in the entrepreneurship world, an MVP, minimum viable product, which is what I wanted to create. And after doing more interviews with people, I found that they couldn't and had trouble finding the right products to use for their hair, which got me to where I am today. So what diversity is today, which the initial part of our vision is still a part of our vision, but that's just not how we started. So what we do is we help people with touch of hair find products that work for them, and we help educate them about finding the right products and how to care for their hair. So our goal is to help people with touch of hair maintain healthy crowns. That's what our goal is. It's always interesting to hear how you can kind of come in business or or start or initially I guess, plan something or more so coming with a goal and then how over time, how just after experiment, how different, whether it be customers, just testimonials, reviews, experiences, whatever the case may be, how sometimes it can cause you to adapt and then adopt new techniques. Just in thinking about how you said you initially came and started with one thing and now kind of what you're working towards. Something interesting that you said to me too, something that really stood out was about all the data and all the research you had to do with all the responses you were getting. So how was that process? Are you someone who is good kind of with analytics and stats and things so it was kind of just a breakdown for you are you good with numbers like myself i enjoy math so that sounds like something that might have been interesting for me or are you someone who kind of you kind of just had to learn as you went maybe you brought in other people to kind of help you with that what was that process like so uh unlike you i enjoy math but i don't enjoy math i enjoy looking at analytics and i enjoy to see a goal and to see it grow by looking at the data behind it so the process was fun after the initial phase of that survey at Temple University, I also surveyed stylists and I surveyed barbers. And it was pretty fun. It was challenging to get people to take the time to do it because when I did the surveys, I did them in person. So the scheduling and stuff was kind of crazy, um, but it was fun and it was insightful. And I found that more stylists and more barbers were interested in my vision more so than I thought. And also, so after the phase with like interviewing the stylists and, and barbers, I was also interviewing people as well to see what their pain points were with stylists and, and with barbers. And then after those interviews, I started interviewing um, people to figure out how they manage their hair care and what gaps were there, like some things that they needed help with. And um, some things that they already like know themselves, and that was fun. So it was it was initially about like four different phases of interviews. One was at Temple University. The second one was with barbers and stylists, and then another one was kind of barbers and stylists mixed with 
questions about hair care and maintaining hair care and the last one was more focused on just how they manage their hair care and what gaps they had with what they knew versus what they needed help with. That's definitely interesting to hear. And even more as you were talking, just in everything that you learned and everything that you had to do, it really sounded like something that would be right up my alley once again. But no, I'm definitely glad that you were able to kind of learn, gain that knowledge. And like you said, you had fun with it. So that's always something that'll even continue to fuel the fire, continue to get you to chase your passion and really want to do something. Something that I'm really interested in, too, is just in hearing about so how you're working with these barbers and stylists. So in working with these barbers and stylists, is this something where, well, obviously you're connecting with people in the Philadelphia area, but is this something where you're looking to take diversity maybe to new heights, maybe to new cities, maybe to new states and and be able to connect with people all across like the country, all across the, the globe? And, and what would that process kind of look like for you if moving outside of Philadelphia? So moving outside of Philly is definitely going to, um, I'm going to need a strong, strong foundation for my business, which I'm working on now. And so growing is, it sounds like an easy thing and everyone wants to grow, but you have to start somewhere first and you have to solidify where you're at. So right now I want to take the time to really help the customers in, in the Philadelphia area and the surrounding areas um, and the tri-state areas is my main focus. But since we're online, obviously we're going to sell to people who are not in Philly, but we have the advantage of selling face-to-face in Philly to our customers. And that helps to spread the word around Philly and around in other cities. And as far as the growth aspect, to touch on it again, what we need to do to reach that is a high inventory turnover. We need to spend more time on selling and getting the word out there because it's no use to having products if you're not moving them. And really looking at how fast the inventory is actually turning over and then seeing what what more investments you may need because when you make more money, you're going to have more problems and you're going to have to have, I'm going to have to have staff to help with that because right now it's just me. My girl helps out sometimes when she can. I'll get my niece like when we're doing events to help out. But obviously as we grow, we're going to need, we're going to need more legwork. And another part of growing where I don't want to, I don't want to like half step is leadership because you can't grow without being a good leader. And if I try to grow fast and I don't put the time into the employees that I bring on and to have them onto my vision and have them understand it and, and really hone on it, on it and believe it and all that type of stuff, then we're, we're not going to grow at a pace where I would want to, because you can grow you know, and have a, a very good business on the outside, people may look people may look at it like, oh, they're doing really well. But on the inside, if the leadership is messed up and your team is not structured right and they're not motivated and they don't believe in what you're doing, you're just going to grow and then you're just going to go right back down. So it's going to take some time to grow. And a large part of the growth is, is leadership and sales, but a big part is leadership. I really think you made nothing but great points there, especially about how growth is is multifaceted, how it not only takes time, but the, it's it's so many aspects that go into it, how you talk about, especially being internal and how I it even made me think about how a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, even a lot of people who I've talked to on this podcast are people who tend to be one band shows, one band armies, like one man armies, one woman armies, just because they don't really think that, well, they don't really, it's not even that nobody's basically going to run your business the way you're going to run it. And sometimes they may put high expectations on people. Sometimes they may try to bring friends in and the moment there's lacks there or it's not taking it serious because it's not yours, then things can be a little conflicted. So no, I definitely 
do think you make a great point about growth and it's starting with leadership. Just because you have to have a strong foundation, you have to have a strong, basically just think about a house. If the foundation isn't strong, the house will crumble. So same thing in the business aspect. If the foundation isn't strong, if the leadership isn't there, then yeah, essentially the business won't excel, the business won't elevate. So I love to hear that for sure. Now, just in, in seeing what diversity does, just in even you talking about it right now, it's interesting just to hear how basically it sounds like you take a personalized approach to each person, to each product, to how you go about making sure that they maintain that healthy crown. So what has that experience been like just being able to, and how do you, well, no, I'll more so say, yeah, first and foremost, what has the experience been like just being able to meet so many different people, men and women alike, and even include, I'll say the barbers and the hairstylists, just in working with them and learning about what works, what doesn't work, really just kind of seeing how they maintain their hair, what their routines are. What is that really like just learning so much information and then taking that, retaining that, and then providing them the useful tools and resources and even products to make sure that they're maintaining that healthy crown. It's been a, it's been a, a hell of a learning experience because working with products, working with barbers, working with customers is different levels of expertise and knowledge because like not all not all barbers and not not all stylists even but mostly stylists do know like have all of the foundational education and stuff as far as products i would just say personally just by like um talking to different barbers talking to different stylists a lot of stylists know about hair care about the scalp how to care for your hair about like how it grows and stuff but a lot of barbers may not know that information because some barbers may just go to barber school i'm not sure how the process goes because i haven't went myself i wanted to but I know you learn the foundational things of um of cosmetology probably in barber school, but you don't you don't really do hair all day long to work with people with longer hair to have to really help them to maintain it, you know? So you don't you don't have that same repetitive like, oh you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. So all of the, the detailed technical knowledge about caring for like longer hair or someone that may have like an afro, because you know, like a lot of a lot of us, a lot of us men right now, we we are wearing like our hair longer. I feel like it's it's a different knowledge gap with barbers, with stylists, and with customers. And also, you can tell by like how what products they may have in a barber shop or in a salon. For me, I can tell which products are maybe good and which ones may may not be good just by just looking on the back of the label or just seeing a product name. But it's definitely it's definitely a big knowledge gap there. So for me, I do a lot of studying on my own. I wanted to go to cosmetology school, barber school, but I definitely didn't have the money to do so, especially with the loans I already have outstanding. I don't want to add on to that. And um, just to touch on, when I first went to Temple, it was a decision whether to go to barber school or whether to go to Temple. That was a personal decision of mine because... Back then, when I was in high school, I used to cut hair. That's how I got into the hair care space. I used to cut hair um, in high school. And I started cutting probably when I was like 15, 14 or 15. But to get back on topic, I do a lot of research on my own about what products to use. And I look at the ingredients. I, I, I research what, what some things are good for us so I can be more knowledgeable when I help people find the right products. And for me, it's still a learning process. I learn every day because I'm I'm not I don't consider myself an expert. I consider myself right now a highly ambitious student of the game and a highly a highly ambitious person who just wants to help people because our 
generations have affected our hair because if they haven't been taking care of it in the past, it's just going to trickle down to us and that needs to stop. So I'm just learning as much, as much as I can to help my customers, to help their kids as well, because if they do the right things and maintain their hair and to keep it healthy, then they're just not going to do anything but pass it on to their kids and they're going to be used to how they do things. Even they may not be I guess aware of what's going on, but they definitely will take take some um take some heed to what what they may have learned, whether it be washing their hair, whether it be conditioning their hair, whether it be how to detangle their hair, they're gonna like latch on to some things that they know or that they learn from their parents. So it's definitely just been a learning process, and I just want to learn as much as I can. I read books on on hair care. As much as much as I can, as much time as I have, I read books on that. I have like self study time with myself to look at the scalp, and like I'm back in school, I'll see oh well, this part the epidermis does this, like this is what happens there, and different parts of that, and the follicle is this, and it needs such and such. So I just like quiz myself to make sure I retain that information, and I'm able to to help customers the best way that I can. Absolutely. Anytime that you can take that personal approach and even from the, well, the business owner perspective, but then you think about the customer perspective, anytime that you can just have that personalized, personable approach, it it really just makes you appreciate it that much more. And it really just makes you feel that much better. And even the results, they always speak for themselves. So just the fact that you did all that, you're so intricate and you're so detailed with kind of how you go about helping each person, how you go about connecting, how you even go about the mission and the goals that you put forth, I really think is is good. So I heard you say products now. So as someone who is not really well-versed, I would say with hair care products at all, I, I, I really don't use many products. I really kind of just stick to simple things. I, I really just love water and a brush, if we're being honest. But <laughs> what are, what would you say, just for even some of my people out there who I may have my hair kind of gurus, my hair kind of sort I may have some people out there who are just like me, not as well-versed. What would you say are just things that you should look for when it comes to some of the everyday products that we see on the shelves, just when it comes to maybe washing, uh, conditioning, or even styling our hair, things that you should look for not to put in your hair, things that you should look for that are good for the hair, good for the scalp. Um, the things you should look, you shouldn't have in your product are like sulfates, parabens, minerals. Um, those are things that you would want to stay away from. And especially for us, because our hair is textured and is naturally, is naturally dry. Our, our hair is naturally dry. Most most men and women with texture hair or kids with texture hair is mostly dry. And naturally it is that way. So those things are going to dry your hair out, the sulfates and the parabens. They'll dry your hair out. Now, some people will be okay with using products that have them in there. And if your budget you know, is set and you can't afford anything that doesn't have it in there, then just do the best that you can. But um, those are some things to, to actually like stay away from. A big thing is is having a routine, though. So I would advise to work backwards. I wouldn't advise to like just go to the store and just, just start buying stuff. It would be better to have some type of simple structure to, to go into the store with. So if you have a hair care routine, a basic one would be just shampoo, condition, deep condition. And you could also pair that with what they call the LOC me- method, which is liquid oil cream. And it probably sounds like a lot, but it's stuff that you have seen before. So if it was like a LOC method that you would use for your hair is a regular like maintenance schedule for someone like short hair or someone like 
medium length hair like me, I would just put some liquid oil or a leave-in conditioner in, and then I would put oil in after that, and then I would put some type of cream or butter to help seal the moisture in. So definitely start off with some type of structure before you run in and start buying the products. You can also just look at look and see what you have in the house already before you just start spending your money, especially if you're serious about it. You don't want to spend your money on something that you don't really need to. I hope, like me, y'all start keeping sticky notes and or your phone next to you when you listen to these, just because he just dropped some stuff that I didn't even know about. I had to start taking notes myself. And even when I go back and listen to this, I'm going to definitely make sure I get all of that, because I really do think a routine is important. I really do think that that's something I can say that I struggled with over the years, whether it be me just adopting new styles and, and, and still not being able to find a new routine or not being used to it. Or even when I have my, my style of just the, kind of the low cut with the waves, I'm not always consistent. Some nights I won't wear the do-rag. Some nights... I won't brush as much as I should, or I won't kind of moisturize it like I should, or whatever the case may be. So I think that that's something that I need to kind of be better with too, just in thinking even now to just being more consistent uh, with that. So now when it comes to, well, whether it be from a business aspect, whether it be from the actual hair care aspect, and or maybe even just about yourself, what would you say are some lessons that starting diversity, kind of working with other people, connecting with other people has really taught you about, like I said, whether it just be about life, whether it pertains to business or whether it just pertains to hair care. Mm, some lessons. I would say one of them is just start because we get so stuck on just being perfect and we don't ever want to start. So that's definitely a, a big lesson for me because if I had, if I didn't start at some point, then I would have just kept being in what they call an analysis paralysis. You just analyzing data, analyzing data, and you're never starting. That's not a good place to be in. Just start with the simple, the resources that you already have. Try to work with that, the finances that you already have. Work with that and see where see where it can take you. And don't be scared to use, not use in a, in a negative sense, but to reach out to family or reach out to friends that may be willing to help you on, on your journey, even when it comes to like trying product. Cause I, I definitely send stuff to my cousin, to my to my brother to try. And um it is definitely helped. So just one of the lessons is definitely starting from somewhere. Another one is that you can learn on your own without necessarily having gone to school for cosmetology. It's not the it's not the easiest route. Because a lot of things being self-taught, you kind of like you don't you don't have a syllabus that says you're going to learn this, this, this and that, like in this course. And then the next course, you're going to learn this, this or that. You're like structuring it yourself. So I was hesitant and I thought that, oh, maybe I was doubtful a lot. I'll say that I was doubtful that I would be able to learn this stuff because I thought I had to go to school for it. But I was speaking to a cosmetologist that I met at one of the events that we um that we were a part of a few probably like a month or so ago and um I asked for some advice and she gave me a bunch of gems and gave me a, a roadmap on how I can actually learn things on my own without going to without going to school. Another thing that I learned along the way was not overwhelming yourself with the like the morning routine thing, because it's thrown out a lot. I know we hear a lot about it, you know, in books, and you want to be as productive as you can, but then you start piling all this stuff on in the morning, and, like, you don't feel like doing anything at the rest of the day, 
and you're not really doing it for you. You're doing it because you think it's the right thing to do. Um, so I know I got caught up in that at one time, but just do just do what works for you. Like everybody can't get up at five or six o'clock in the morning to do their morning routine, especially if you work at night. Like that just doesn't make sense. So I would say just just do what's best for you to be productive and to make it make it as as easy as you as as you can to keep yourself motivated. I was listening to um I forgot her name, but I'm a part of a Facebook group slash it's called the E Brand basically, and um it's it's a lady on there. I forgot I forgot her name, but she was speaking of the ruining routine, and she's like productivity guru. And she broke it down into about, I think, like three things. And forgive me, because I may not be um, recollecting the <laughs> the tips that she gave precisely. But the one thing that she, she advised was to move. And for her, because she was slow moving in the morning, she is slow moving in the morning, movement for her is just doing a simple face routine. And for me, movement for me is working out. I like working out in the morning. I don't like working out at night because I'm like tired at night. Like I don't feel like doing nothing. I, it's optional for me. If somebody said, "Oh, you wanna you wanna work out today?" I'll probably work out with them at night. You know, just for a second workout. But I'd rather do it in the morning. Um, but movement can be whatever. It can be stretching. It can be whatever you think works for you. And a second thing that she mentioned was mindfulness. So mindfulness can mean journaling. It can mean just writing. Your schedule down for the day, um, which is what I do. I write my schedule down for the day. I tried meditating a while back, but I do it, but I just don't do it every day. I do it when I feel like I need it and when I feel like I'm doing too much. But you definitely don't have to do it every day. It could be, it could be connecting with God or whatever you believe in, praying. It could be anything that that eases your mind. And the third thing was spending time on something that you would like to learn or want to do. So it may be learning a new language for somebody. It may be learning a new skill. For me, it's art and it's drums because I started getting to the drums the past year or so. I wanted to learn that and art because when I was younger, I used to draw and I'm starting to get back into that because I just I just want to learn and I just want to use the gifts that God gave me. I don't want I don't want to waste them. So that's that's another thing is the morning routine, which I've learned from people throughout my journey. Wow. That's beyond interesting. Honestly, I think great principles, great strategies, great things to apply to life, whether it be over time, whether it be things that you stay consistent, whether it be things that you do on a daily routine from time to time, even in thinking about detoxes cleanses all of that i think that yeah once again routine some sort of routine some sort of just yeah is always important is always crucial to kind of elevation is always crucial to just keeping the mind just keeping the brain just keeping the blood flowing and just keeping the body active keeping all that it's important so i'll just before we kind of wrap things up would you say that had you not studied entrepreneurship that you would still be in this position here today with diversity? Was this always just something that you had a passion for, whether it just be owning a business in general or working for yourself or and even like you said, some of the motivation that you had from corporate America. So even thinking from before that, would you say that had you not really went that path and, and saw what that was like firsthand and experienced that, that you would still be led here today to be a business owner, to be an entrepreneur? So if I have the question correctly, um, 
I guess is it if I didn't study it in school, would I still be going on the entrepreneurial path that I am today? Yes, sir. Yeah, because that wasn't the start of it. The start of it happened in high school. So it started with my favorite class was entrepreneurship. I went to George Washington High School. I forgot where I graduated. It's been a long time. I think like 07 or something like that. When I went there, I took an entrepreneurship class and I had it for 11th, 11th and 12th grade. I didn't like school. I really didn't like school. I didn't even see myself going to college. I, I had really no plan on what I wanted to do ninth or 10th grade. When I got to the 11th grade, I knew that I liked business. So that's when I really started studying and put my heart into it. And that was the only class I really cared about. I would get DCs or maybe an F and something else. I didn't have that many Fs, probably like once. But um, yeah, most of the most of my energy was for that class and entrepreneurship. And I wrote my first business plan in that class, and I felt good. So it was a barbershop. It was called Wache's Barbershop, and the barbershop definitely used to exist. I just wanted to make a new one. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was still in high school, but my uncle was a barber. And the name of our barbershop was, it was Rache's Barbershop um, in West Philly. But I wanted to create a barbershop, so I did a whole business plan on it. When I did the presentation, like, I didn't even, I didn't need any type of notes at all because I was so passionate about what I was saying. And, like, I, I got an A on it. The biggest thing was how everybody else responded to me because I was very quiet in school, but I was so passionate and and so bold when I was speaking, everyone was just like in awe. Like after after I spoke about it, and then after that, it resonated with me. Like, yeah, I think I just I think I just want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's that's what I want to do. I want to be an entrepreneur. So that's that's really where it started. Okay, I like that George Washington. I definitely do know some people who went through there and even still took the same route that you took as well. So not even saying that there's any correlation, but it's really just interesting just to see how the many paths that can be taken, whether it be some people going to high school, some people not going to high school, some people then going on to trade schools or traditional four-year college institutions or HBCUs, PWIs, and really just still ultimately still gravitating towards the same thing, just wanting to own your own thing, just recognizing that, whether it be because you don't want to continue to pursue and further someone else's dream, whether it just be because it's always a dream that you've had, whether it just be because you might have took a leap of faith, really just found right, a passion, right. really even just found a hobby and really just said, OK, I want to do this. But it's, I, I just love to see how many people come from different paths, different perspectives, hearing the different interviews and just sitting down with different people and even just scrolling through pages and really just the creativity, everything that we have out here and, and that we can take to the next level. So what's something you feel about diversity? or even about you, or even about just business or entrepreneurship that you feel like we haven't touched on in, in this episode that you think the people out there should know? That's a tough question. I really got to think about that. One of the things that I would say is not to overwhelm yourself, especially if you want to learn on your own with different videos and following like 10 different people to try to get advice from. That's just going to overwhelm you because every time you see a new video, you're just going to click on it like, I need to learn this. I would first start with probably following one or two people, like narrowing the people that you have been watching um, or following for a long time, narrow down to like one or two people and really listen to them. And if they have actionable work to do, do that actionable work and um, build, build a foundation on that. So that's definitely one thing that 
we haven't touched on that I would advise for anyone that's looking to be an entrepreneur. Also, I would say if you don't do it already, save for yourself and, and for your business. It don't have to be much. Like for me, I treat it like a bill. I save like, you know, I'm just throwing, throwing numbers out there. You know, you could save about like $50 every paycheck or $25 out every paycheck and allocate that to your business. Or you can you can even have every two weeks, you know, if you get paid every two weeks and your budget only allows for thirty dollars. You can allow you can allocate fifteen dollars to your personal savings and fifteen dollars to your business. And um, you know, at the end of the month, you'll have thirty for each. But at least you're you're, you're starting that happening. and you're really not gonna think about that money because that's the same money you might spend on Netflix. So you, you really probably really got a subscription out there that you're spending that money on anyway that you don't even recognize. So saving, having the saving habit is is a really good thing, especially in today's time, because no one knows how, you know, what tomorrow is going to look like. So we definitely have to have some money saved. Absolutely. And I mean, more man, that couldn't be more true, especially now, economy, pandemic. Who would have thought that we would be in this position right now for months? No schools, only essential workers, some people, a lot of jobs, some people having to work remote, get other jobs. And it's just it's always crazy just how sometimes you may not have a backup plan in place or it may not be something yeah. that you solidify because you just don't ever think that that's something you have to fall back on. But like you say, you never know what tomorrow will bring. For sure, for sure. So that's very interesting. Dom, I really do want to thank you for, for coming on here. I really do also want to thank Brianna as well. And I want to encourage everybody to check out episode 19, Bellow Batch, just because together you guys are really doing great things. And individually, you guys are really doing great things. But I really want to thank you personally, just for coming on here, just for being transparent with everybody, just for even sharing your story. And it really just touched me in a different type of way. And it really just even let me know that that was God's way of just bringing us together, of us needing to come together, of us needing to have this conversation, of us needing to reconnect and continue to connect, continue to elevate one another, continue to elevate ourselves. And I really, like I said, from the bottom of my heart, I do appreciate it. I'm glad that you were able to come on here. I love to see everything that you're doing. I love to hear about everything that you're doing and have planned and have even learned. And like you said, you really just want to be that influence. You really just want to kind of change and help people one person at a time, one crown at a time. So I really do um, want to thank all my listeners out there as well for tapping in always, for always showing love, for always progressing and elevating, promoting. It never goes unnoticed. So this has been another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner. Thank you.